Onyx Hunt is our go-to solution for anything mapping related, whether we're at the house or in the field, whether we're using the tracking feature in order to kind of figure out exactly where we're going in and out of the woods, to also implementing the new cell camera feature where you can actually link your different cell cameras that you may have from different brands and be able to get all those photos sent directly through the Onyx app where you can actually see them on your maps and be able to go through all your photos right there in one place. You can use the promo code SOUTHERN at checkout and save 20% on your Onyx Onyx membership. Onyx has been extremely helpful for us the last six years, and I'm sure it'll be helpful for you. So know where you stand with Onyx. The Defender ST is a brand new micro red dot from Vortex Optics. You need to check it out for this turkey season. I just got my hands on one of these bad boys. It's a three MOA dot, super low profile red dot sight that weighs just 1.5 ounces with the battery. I started running a red dot on my turkey gun a couple years ago. It really helps with sight picture. It helps me stay focused on the target and see exactly what I'm aiming at. So, you know, my shotgun bead's not covering up the whole bird. And it also makes it easier when I'm taking other people who are maybe less familiar with the shotgun. Anyone can pick up a red dot and immediately know exactly how to use it. And I especially like this one because it has a battery runtime of 25,000 hours. This is an ultra durable red dot sight with an anodized aluminum body that protects it against anything that you can throw at it in the turkey woods. And I'm highly abusive to my gear in the turkey woods, so I'm excited to have a, a beefed up, really tough red dot sight like this on my shotgun. Y'all can go check them out at vortexoptics.com. And hey, if you want to order this or any other Vortex product and get a discount, go to midwayusa.com and use the promo code southern for a discount on your order again that's promo code southern for a discount on any vortex product from midwayusa.com meadow creek mounts is your go-to mounting option for red dots on your turkey shotgun and one of my favorite features about this mount is you don't have to drill and tap your shotgun in order to mount a red dot onto your shotgun i personally have used this mount the last two seasons and it's worked extremely well for me one thing i personally like about it is because it's so low onto the barrel when it mounts to the rib of your shotgun it allows for a very natural head positioning when shouldering your gun also an advantage of using a red dot compared to maybe just a traditional bead on your shotgun is you get a much more clear view of the turkey and you're able to kind of see what else is around there and making sure you're perfectly on that bird. Now if you're interested in giving Meadow Creek Mounts a try you can go over to the website meadowcreekmounts.com and use the code southern at checkout to be able to save 10% on your order. Now I'm a southern child You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Strut Report. I'm your host, Jacob Myers. Hope you're doing well this week, and we are bringing you the final episode of the Strut Report for this spring. I know it's coming to a conclusion. Some of y'all are probably a little upset with that. But come next week, we're actually going to be starting our deer content. And very, very excited for that. But on this week's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Strut Report, we're going to be hitting from a couple different states, uh, kind of up across uh, the country. We're going to be hitting Virginia, Kentucky, Iowa, and Wisconsin. And the reports, especially coming out of Wisconsin and Iowa, are very, very uh, appealing, especially for anybody trying to extend their season, like going up to Wisconsin and, of course, like Nebraska as well. Uh, so best of luck to all you that are still turkey hunting. I know all of our listeners in the Deep South have now been, uh, other than, I guess, Georgia, 
has come to a conclusion. So, again, hope you all had a great season. Hope you all have some takeaways that you learned from this season to apply for next year. And I hope you all are excited as well for the Southern Outdoorsman uh, listener success story tomorrow, but also for Monday's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman podcast where we start diving into that deer content. We are very, very excited about deer season and uh, everything that's going to lead up to it. So, hope you all are as excited as we are. But other than that, I will shut up and we'll just dive right on to this week's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Start Report. All right, guys, and first on the line, we've got Mr. Joe Ham from the great state of Alabama on the podcast. But, Joe, you are not in Alabama right now. You're actually up in uh, the great state of Virginia getting after some turkeys up there, kind of extending your season. But, Joe, I want to kind of kick us off right at the very beginning. What is the gobbling activity been like for you guys uh, since you got up there just a few days ago? But also, what was the report you're getting from your buddies uh, who live up there over this last week or so, how the gobbling activity has been for them? Uh, the, the goblin activity's really been good. Um, they, uh, the, the turkeys are gobbling, are gobbling good in, in the mornings, and and they, um, they they've been hearing a lot of turkeys gobble, but the but the uh, but they've been hand up real bad, and they are getting them to gobble in the mornings, and then when they hit the ground in the morning, they get with the hens, and they haven't been able to get any any a- afternoon goblin activity out of them. But uh, this is the first week, you know, Virginia, uh, you have to quit hunting at, at noon up until the last week. So this is the first week that, uh, that they've been, you know, we, we've been able to hunt them past 12 o'clock. So um, I actually got here Sunday and uh, got here around 3 o'clock and, and I went and a place that I hunt, it's a low roadbed going through uh, two mountains. And normally the birds roost on that on that right mountaintop on the on the right hand side, and I went to see if I could get get them roosted. And on the left side, there's a there's a uh, a mountain, and it and it goes up and peaks out and drops off and goes about a hundred yards and comes it starts into a, uh, opens up into a big pasture. And uh, I got up there and got let it, let it get roosting time, and I and I owled, and when I owled they hammered right there and it sounded like they're right on that pasture line and I out four times and they, they gobbled all four times and it sounded like it was two or three of them that was, that were, it was gone. So I, I got up the next morning and went up there and I, my plan was to get on that, on that mountaintop on the left hand side and, and, um, and, and try to see if I couldn't get them to pitch down on the side of that hill between me and the pasture and and get him get him that way. I got in there about an hour before daylight and set up. And, and when it started, when it broke daylight, all of a sudden, some kind of cut loose, and he and it like the busted my eardrums. I didn't I didn't got him right on top of him and cut my eyes up and looked and he was about fifty yards from me in the tree, about fifty yards over my left shoulder, and. I mean, I was so right under it. And so, and he gobbled about, oh, shit, he gobbled about 30 times. But the three that were down on the, down next to the pasture, they never gobbled. And uh, I, I, I said, well, he, they, they were either Jake's or, or he was the boss. And when he gobbled, they wouldn't go and gobble. But, but he didn't, he never gobbled the afternoon before. And, uh, the, I, and I looked and I could see the hen sitting in the trees down there next to the pasture. And I couldn't call to him because I was right under him, and he was looking straight down on me. So 
I just didn't say anything. I thought he may pitch down on the hill right in front of me, but the hens pitched down first and they pitched down in the pasture. And a few minutes later, he pitched and, and glided all the way off the hill and went and hit, and hit the pasture with them. And I, I heard another bird gobble to my left down there and, um, and he, er, but he didn't gobble but one time back, back down towards the truck. And so, uh, I started calling. I was trying to call him and the hens back up the hill out of that pasture. And I've been calling about four to five minutes, and and nothing, nothing had gobbled at all. And all of a sudden, just out of the blue, he one. I mean, it it was, had rained all night the night before, and all of a sudden, just out of the blue, it he hammered, and he was, and when he did, I turned my head by instinct right quick, and when I turned my head, he he was he he was about twenty yards to my left. And what he, when I turned my head, he caught me. And of course, he took off running down the hill, and I couldn't get around and get on him, so he busted me. But but uh, he never gobbled. If he had just gobbled up one time on the way in, I would I've been turned around right. But but he didn't. He waited. He got right on top of me as they'll as they'll do sometimes. But but uh, the guys have been telling me that they they've been gobbling good, uh, gobbling a lot in the trees. But they're they're they've still got those hens with them, and so they they're uh it's just tough tough getting them away from the hands. Now, one thing you mentioned is kind of like you're, it sounds like you're kind of in the mountains of Virginia. Uh, can you relay with us, you know, what kind of habitat are y'all hunting in out there? What, you know, what kind of elevation are y'all hunting at? And also, is there anything specific that these turkeys are sticking to, you know, at this point in the season, like any kind of habitat or uh, topographical structure, anything like that, that they're really spending a lot of time around? Well, yeah, we're, we're hunting, these, it's, it's, we're hunting mountains up here. I mean, it's, uh, and they're, and it's, and, and it's mostly hardwoods in the mountains. There's, there's very, very few pines up here. It's uh, mostly the mountains with hardwoods on it. And the birds are the birds are staying um, in the hardwoods on in the mountains. And there's a lot of fields. Uh, you can go up on top of some of the mountains, and there's fields up there where they run cattle, and there's a lot of, a lot of pasture land around here. And the and during the day, you'll see you'll see some birds out in the pastures with hens strutting, and and uh, then they're and they're hanging around and in, in, in up just up in the mountains and in, in the hardwoods and uh but like i say they you'll see them in the fields but they're they're not um they're not real patternable because one day you'll see them in the fields and and they'll be there at 10 o'clock in the morning and then the, the next the, the next day they won't be there and then they'll be there at three about three o'clock in the afternoon you know so it, it's or it's no no pattern to them uh that's like the the day that i, I just told you about that i that that gobbler was roosted right above me well it, it's been raining here for the last three days and it's just not been i mean it hasn't been real pretty weather when it's funny and it's supposed to quit tomorrow thank goodness and hopefully we'll get some good days and get some get where, where we don't i don't have to run and get out of the rain but uh that like that that morning uh that i that the that the bird gobbled he um it was on top of me. Well, it started raining right after that bird busted me. And so I ran to the top of the hill, and there's a, a, a bunch of open land up there that they used to run cattle in. They don't run them in there no more, but it's still open. And they keep it bush hogging. I, I got in a, a tent blind that a buddy of mine had up there to get out of the rain. And uh, I had a gobbler come out on top of the hill and strutted and strutted and strutted. And, uh, I got him to come down the hill three different times, and I and, I, and he act like he wanted to come, but then he would go back up top of the hill and strut, and and uh, 
I sent, as a matter of fact, I sent Andrew a, a video of it, and uh, and then <laughs> then I looked, kind of looked out to it to my right out of that tent, and there was two hands over there to my right, and he could see those hands, and that's why he wouldn't come on commit on to me because there was two live hands over there, and he was just staying up on top of that hill showing out for him, and that went on for over an hour, and and uh, the hands were just down there, and he was just strutting on that hill, and finally. He just turned and and and, walked and strutted out, uh, out that out of the field and strutted in the woods. And, and I looked over there, and the hens were still there. And he walked off and left the hens, and they stayed out there for, they stayed out there for, uh, for over an over an hour. And then they split up and left one left one one and one left the other. And and the the gobbler never came back out, and it never quit raining. So I just stayed in the tent all day, and it it, it rained hard, and it and it slacked up some. Well, the gobbler came out down there where the hens were, um, by that, uh, in, the, in that pasture where the hens were at three o'clock. And, and, um, he was looking, looking and, and I, and I yelped to him. It, it was right still running. And I yelped to him and he looked and looked and looked. And then, and he, and then he just kind of milled like he was going to leave. And, and, I, and I, I cut to him and he turned around, he looked, and he walked my way by and I cut to him again, and he just turned around and walked and, and walked away and walked back in the woods. And I, I, you know, I don't know if it would have helped if I'd have had any decoys out or, or not. But he didn't. He he wouldn't come. I mean, he, he and he was by himself. And uh, I, you know, but but he didn't go down. He didn't go down to the live hens neither. You know, so I don't. I guess I guess if if he won't go to live hens, he won't go to me. If he walk off and leave live hens, I guess he. But I but I more than likely. Uh, there's there's uh, my buddy that hunts where his uncle hunts up there too and and uh, and they they pressured that place pretty good bit so he's probably pretty pretty educated by now but uh, yeah we yeah but we hunt and it's it's mountains up here with hardwoods in it and 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 pretty steep but the birds are normally normally they're 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 roosted on on the on the tops of the mountains and and they'll 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 fly down and and they'll just they'll just mill around in the mountains all day and and say so, and they'll come out in the they'll come out in the fields but but uh they're, they're not coming out at the same time every day so you can't really pattern them to sit on them and no and, and just sit on that field every day you know yeah let's joe let me ask you you know what's been working for you um you know up there or also maybe what hasn't been working for you up there but also is there anything specifically that's helped you be successful so far this season because i know you've hunted some other states as well and originally from alabama and hunt alabama uh, is there anything specifically that you do that helps you be successful? Well, I, yeah, I've, I've I've done well in Alabama. Uh, I limited out in Alabama and Texas both. Uh, and uh, the birds that I caught in Alabama, um, they were they were uh, the, all of them that I killed were by themselves, and and they were looking for a hen, and and uh, that so they. They, uh, you know, when they came to me, they found one, <laughs> but, but, and, and the ones in Texas, both, they were, they were by themselves. And, uh, but it just seems like up, up here in Virginia, uh, I, I can't, I can't, that are, that are, they're alone, that don't have hens with them. They've all, it seems like all of them's got hens with them up here. And there's a lot of birds up here. And, and it seems like all of them's got hens with them. But like other than that, another day that wouldn't that wouldn't come. I don't know. 
you know, I, I don't know why he wouldn't come close enough for me to shoot, but but that's the only one that I've seen that that, that hadn't had ends with him. Uh, but the, the 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 key to you know, I guess is is trying to, is trying to find uh, just just keep just keep uh, keep moving and keep and get one uh, get one interested that don't have a hen with it, and you got a pretty good chance of calling him up. And I've killed. I've killed as, as many this year in the afternoon as I have in the morning. So catch him, catch him in the afternoon without a hen with him and 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 call and and you got a pretty good chance of killing. Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you again for coming on for this week's Strut Report, and best of luck to you for the rest of your time up in Virginia. And I know you said you're going to Maryland a little bit later on in the season, or was it Maine? Maine. Which state was it? Okay, so you're going to Maine a little bit later on in the month, so that'll be exciting as well. So best of luck to you for the rest of your season, and uh, thanks again for coming on for this week's episode. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. All right, guys. Next on the line, we have our buddy Jacob Emery coming back on the podcast for another strut report, coming in from the great state of Kentucky with a new update from Kentucky. Jake, would you kind of kick us off? What has the gobbling activity been like for you uh, since you started hunting Kentucky? Well, it started off strong at the beginning of the season, and uh, like we talked before we started recording, I've been kind of busy taking some people client-wise in Indiana. Um, but since I've been back in Kentucky, hitting it hard last uh, five or six days, uh, the goblin activity has been rather slow. Um, got super warm for a couple of days, and I feel like it shut them down, followed by uh, a bunch of rain throughout the night. So they're waking up wet, not really talking very well at all this morning. Um, heard a pretty well-known piece of public uh, in western Kentucky, and I heard one turkey gobble two times and hit the ground, and it was over. All right. Well, let's kind of jump into the next topic, which is uh, hinned up turkeys. You know, are these gobblers fairly hinned up at this point in the season, or are you finding getting more reports of kind of lone gobblers? I'm not seeing very many birds um, with hens at all. And if they are, it's usually first thing in the morning. Um, and I have noticed that if they're with them, they're not with them very long at all. Uh, but I would say at least 75% of the birds that I've been uh, locating have been by themselves. Excellent. That's always something good to hear. And kind of going into, I want to talk a little bit more about habitat. You know, what kind of habitat is it like in these areas? Is there anything specific these turkeys are really sticking to at this point of the season? You know, I, I think it varies on um, a lot of those different places I've hunted. If you've got some low-pressure, you know, private, a lot of these birds are kind of sticking to the field edges uh, just right inside the woods until it gets, you know, cool enough to head out in the middle of the fields. Uh, as far as the birds on public, um, most of them that I've been finding the sign, whatnot, has been... Uh, up high, um, ridge tops, um, sub ridges off of big, just main ridges, um, like the the sub ridges that kind of form off to the left and right of the main ridges. Uh, I guess where they've kind of been pushed back and back and back and back by people. Excellent. And let's talk a little bit about you know what's been working or what hasn't been working for you uh, while hunting Kentucky. Well, nothing's been working for me. Um, I don't know if we talked the other day or not, but um, so. This year is the first time I've ever made it to May without a Kentucky bird, and I am about four days away from losing a 20-year streak of tagging a bird in my home state. So um, nothing's really been working for me. Uh, I've just been trying to change it up where I've been going, uh, my calling strategies, and honest to God, I'm just I'm looking I'm struggling. Uh, so I really can't tell you what's working for me because nothing's working for me. Now, i got to ask, okay, because you mentioned something before we got recording. Do you have a story to go along with any of this? Uh, it's it's just, it's always something. I mean, I have literally been within 60 yards of a bird almost every time I've been out in Kentucky, um, and I've missed twice. 
Um, I have once forgot to load my gun um, after walking down a paved road, which, of course, you've got to have your gun. If you get checked by the game warden, you're walking down a main road. You know, he's going to write your ticket. So I took my bo- uh, shell out of my gun and, and got on a bird and called him in and didn't have one in there, ruined that situation. Um, I have turned my kayak over and gotten wet. Um, <laughs> I could I could go on and on and uh, it's just it's just been rough. Um, I don't know if it's going to work out this year or not. Dude, you are driving the struggle bus. I like it, man. I mean, not really like it, but I, I, you know, I like when people are like, I like it when people are like, oh yeah, dude, it's been tough. I'm like, see, everybody's listening. It's not easy for everybody, even though Jacobs killed the hell out of some turkeys. Uh, it's not easy for everybody. <laughs> So I can't complain about my year. I mean, that's what bugs me. It's, you know, I've been to the, I think, the most pressured place in Alabama killed a bird. Some highly pressured, you know, public in Tennessee killed a bird. Some pressured places in Indiana I killed my bird and killed my two Rios in Kansas with a bow, you know, on public. And it's just like I can't kill a single turkey in my home state. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, you got some time left, man. You can uh, still make it happen. Hopefully you can get after it and keep on after him, dude, and, and make it happen. Let me ask, uh, once Kentucky goes out, are you heading up to any other states to hunt this fall? Or, I'm sorry, this spring? Uh, I am taking a new job on Monday, so my life will be consumed by that, uh, which is literally the day after the season goes out. So I think I'm probably done for the year. Oh, man. All right, well. Time to start scouting for uh, for deer and dude, and maybe do a little fishing. I hear that, man. Oh, don't tell my old lady that. <laughs> There's no free time. Let's go. Come on. If you ain't working, man, you ain't playing with the kids <laughs> at the house, bro. You doing something outdoors? I already know. Uh, but awesome. That's right. Well, awesome, Jake. Well, thanks again for coming on for this week's uh, strut report. And best luck to you, dude, for the rest of your season in Kentucky. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys, and last on the line, we've got actually this week's episode uh, with Shane Simpson. We've got Mr. Shane Simpson back on the podcast for this week's Strut Report, uh, coming in, giving us reports both for uh, Iowa, which he had just been at previously last few days, and now up in Wisconsin. Uh, but it kind of kicks off, Shane, what's been the gobbling activity both like for Iowa when you were over there over the last week, but also what the reports you've been getting from people in Wisconsin uh, and kind of you know break those two apart for us? Uh, well, in Iowa, the first few days I was there, the gobbling was really good uh, in the mornings and throughout the mornings. Um, I heard numerous birds. And I'm hunting kind of hill country, a mix of ag, you know, uh, farm fields on top, uh, bluff country type of stuff, uh, a lot of timber around the sides and in the bottoms and in some fields in the bottoms. But um, I get up on those ridges and I can hear birds on uh, multiple ridges in the distance and they gobble very good. Now, we had some weather move in um, towards the last part of my trip. Um, it was got hot one day, and then the, then the temperatures dropped. and got some rain and some wind, and um, the goblin subsided quite a bit. We heard a couple, you know, one or two gobbles from each gobbler on the roost, the few gobblers we heard, and then it went quiet. Um, so it was kind of a drastic change. I think it was just the front moving in that caused that. Uh, Wisconsin, this is kind of my first day in Wisconsin, I, I didn't hunt today. Um, this morning, I did. I just drove out to roost the season. I got uh, two birds to gobble. Kind of no idea where one is roosted. Um, they only gobbled once each to my locator calls. I uh, talked to another hunter that was in the area. He heard some this morning. He heard one uh, later in the morning gobble a couple times, and then he heard one gobble randomly at 6 p.m. today. So um, it's 
from that limited knowledge, it's not hot and heavy today, um, but they are goblins. And again, there's some weather moving in. It was uh, nicer yesterday. Today, a bunch of rain uh, is coming through the area and it's starting to leave the area right now. And so uh, I was thankful just to even hear gobble. So hopefully things tomorrow morning are supposed to be clear and cool. Um, no wind, sunny. So I'm hoping they're going to be on fire tomorrow morning. Now, can you talk a little bit about what you were experiencing in Iowa, but also kind of reports you're getting from Wisconsin uh, about, you know, are these gobblers at this point of the season fairly, you know, hinned up, or are you finding a little bit more lone gobblers from just the reports you've been hearing, but also what you experienced in Iowa? Well, what I'm seeing from a lot of people is, um, or, or, you know, some of the reports, not I guess not a lot, but some of what I'm seeing is um, they are taller than birds, or they're, they're, they're seeing gobblers that some have hens and some are alone. Uh, that kind of goes in line with what I saw in in Iowa. You know, I had birds. The one like I called in, um, he had two jakes with him. Um, there was another one that was by himself, and they eventually hooked up with a couple of hens. But um, it was just two hens. There was a couple more birds that were just hammering. They were obviously alone, and they just gobbled their heads off. But then we saw uh, four toms, and they had one hen each. And we watched them breed that one, well, one time bred one hen and one time bred the other. And the hens ran away as soon as they bred and, and the gobblers went chasing after them. So they're they're starting to lose a lot of their hens. And they're, uh, got, I think that's helping increase the goblin activity. Um, but there are still a few out there that have hens uh, throughout the day. But that's going to change. If you've ever hunted up here in the Midwest or upper Midwest, uh, this time of year is when, uh, when things really get cooking in, into May especially the middle part of May when the, this one, the, you know, the big gobblers, the dominant gobblers that had all those hens early on, they start really gobbling and searching because it's, uh, it's getting good right about now here in another week or two, especially. Excellent. Now you touched on this a little bit earlier, especially when you're talking about Iowa, but maybe kind of rehash it out, you know, habitat, you know, what kind of habitat have you been hunting in, in Iowa and same thing for kind of what you're dealing with in Wisconsin, but also where do you expect these turkeys to really be at this point of the season? Is there anything specific on the landscape that they're going to be holding to, or are they just going to be about a little bit of everywhere? Um, I'm hunting primarily hill country, ag mix, the timber and ag, um, like I described earlier, a lot of fields on top. Um, some fields in the bottom. For the most part, these birds are up top. You know, the hens will drift down in the valleys and stuff, but the gobblers seem to spend the majority of their day roosted on the edges of the field, spend some time in the field. But they'll they'll go down in the timber. We'll find them occasionally down low. But they they primarily stay up high because that's where they can be seen, that's where they can be heard, and that's where they'll occasionally find a hen coming out of one valley, going over the top of a field, and then dropping into the next valley, you know, as they travel around. And um, and, and that's kind of the same area, uh, similar terrain in Wisconsin, I'm hunting. And, the, and I always have good luck, you know, staying up high, even though uh, we, we've seen birds. Like the other day when it got windy, we did find some birds down low. Mostly it was Jake's and Jenny's uh, that we saw. Um, and we had uh, on one occasion two two adult gobblers come down into the valley and were gobbling and, and, and we were working those. But I'd say 75% uh, or higher uh, of your gobblers are going to find up high. Excellent. Now, can you talk a little bit about what's been working for you, especially uh, over the last week or so, but also maybe what's not been working for you? 
And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one more question after that, but I just want to kind of see you know recently what's kind of been working or not working for you, uh, especially hunting both Iowa and now getting ready to hunt uh, Wisconsin. Uh, what what really works for me is and it works most of the time um, <laughs> if I'm fortunate enough to roost one is is knowing where the roost is at, um, not just the the area, but try to pinpoint the tree and then get in there tight to them. And, um, I, you know, me, I call aggressively, if you didn't know that already. But um, um, I'm not a, one of those guys that like to throw a couple of clucks and, and hope for the best. Um, I hit some tree yelps in the morning just to, to get a temperature from them. And if they like, you know, if they tell me they like what they hear, then I kind of ramp it up. And, and that helped. Uh, on the other hunt that we had, that bird there just gobbled and, and left us in the dust. And we had to spend hours move maneuvering around and finally got in this bubble and that's what finally worked just getting in real close proximity using the train and and, and some soft calling at that point lured him in um now don't get me wrong it, it doesn't always work we had a bird roost the other day that uh i made a few yelps um he was gobbling his head off made a few yelps and he shut completely up and so i didn't make another peep after that and then 30 minutes later he gobbled once and hit the ground <laughs> Um, and you could hear him drumming, but he didn't come in. So, um, it's, it's kind of touch and go, but, um, like I said, it's starting to get right at this, in this area of the country and that more aggressive calling is going to work. Uh, the, the odds of it working are just going to go up and up. Uh, just based on my past experience hunting this area at this time of the year. That was that was kind of where I was going to get at is, you know, what kind of advice would you give guys, especially hunting that area of the country, kind of the upper Midwest, uh, you know, over the next week or so, you know, it kind of comes to the situation that you're given, especially in Wisconsin, uh, but also some of these other states that are up there. You know, what kind of advice would you give guys uh, kind of heading into this weekend, but also this upcoming week? Well, this, this would be advice I'd give them hunting the entire season. I see, I see a lot of guys, they, they're struggling, they're asking for advice. And, and especially on the public land, that's primarily what I hunt, and this is where it would go. Uh, if you're hunting private uh, public land up here, these birds are used to seeing hunters in pop-up lines um, with decoys on the field edges. That seems to be the, the the style of hunting for the majority of hunters up here in the mid, upper Midwest, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Um, it's when you get in the timber that the birds really start acting the way you want them to. Um, they've seen so much of that field hunting that they're they're difficult to call in sometimes. But you get into the timber, and they start acting more like a private land bird. You know, they 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 gobble, they respond to your call, they'll come in. Um, so I would suggest if you're up here hunting the public land uh, hill country in the upper Midwest, get into the timber with the birds. Don't worry about a decoy. Just get in there uh, in there and and hunt those birds in the timber, and you'll have a lot better odds of success. Excellent. Well, Shane, thanks again for coming on this week's episode of the Strut Report, and best luck to you for the rest of your spring, because I know you're going to be hunting for quite a bit longer. I think you said you're going to go all the way uh, until June, uh, so you got a lot of season yeah, ahead of you. third or fourth, yeah. Yeah, i got a lot, and I appreciate the the good luck wishes. I, I just hope I'm going to take it one day at a time. i got one roost tonight. I just hope I can do something with him tomorrow. Man. All right, man. Well, great, uh, great talking with you. And again, hopefully, maybe we'll get another photo in the next day or two uh, with a new, uh, another bird down in the great state of Wisconsin. All right, man. Appreciate you having me on. Take care. 
All right, everybody. That wraps up this week's episode and our final episode of this year's Southern Outdoorsman Strut Report. Hope you all enjoyed this season and enjoyed all the content we are putting out for you guys. Make sure you tune in for tomorrow for tomorrow's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Listener Success Story Turkey Edition. And make sure you tune in Monday for Monday's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast where we start diving deep in on the whole deer content. Very, very excited about that. Excited to uh, produce a lot of fun episodes coming up with a lot of information. And other than that, y'all have a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you back for Monday's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman. And thank you to Blackberry Smoke for the music for the podcast. Also, to follow along with us, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Until next time, y'all stay Southern. Hey everybody, this is Kyle Veet, host of the Ozark Podcast, a show where we sit down with outdoorsmen of the Ozark Mountains region to talk all things hunting and fishing. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts on everything from bear hunting, to fishing for smallmouth and trout, and discussing big questions like what happened to all the quail in the southeast. If you're enjoying this show, then I know you'll enjoy the Ozark Podcast. You can listen to the show on all podcasting platforms and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.